Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Chris. Weather of the Mind podcast, where we try to give you practical philosophy, practical skills, a practical approach to emotional health, something that is a challenge for almost all of us, at least once in a while. So we're here trying to make it more normalized, trying to make it more relative, trying to make it more, yeah, just trying to... Just try to talk about things and, and figure out some basic strategies and just basic approaches for life because I don't know. It seems like for me is you could change a lot by changing your perspective. You could change a lot by spending a little time to get to know yourself and, and improve things. I mean, I think I think I've seen great changes in my own life and lives of others and and in stories I've read. It's about growing. It's about how do we grow as a person and kind of encouraging that growth. Like I said early on, the whole point of this podcast, one of the themes is encouraging healthy growth. It's like when I was working in that greenhouse with 10,000 heirloom tomato and pepper plants. You kept an eye on those plants. You thought to yourself, how can I help these plants grow as healthy as possible? But again, that didn't mean we spoiled those little plants. We challenged them. You came in there some days and they were dilapidated because they were so thirsty. But we got them to invest in their roots. So when you're thinking about healthy growth, you're not just thinking about spoiling, you're thinking about challenging. But today's focus, I kind of wanted to begin to summarize this second season, this the season-themed biography. And can studying biography be one of the foundational courses for an emotional health curriculum. An emotional health curriculum for students, but an emotional health curriculum for, for us, for life, for adults. Biography, biography, a life. Is not our life our truest currency, our one true currency we inherit in this life is that we are alive. And we divvy it up into hours and sell those hours for dollars, but the truest currency is our life. So shouldn't we take the time to understand what is a life? How does this life work? I feel like we should, we should know dozens of life stories from the childhood till the end. See that arc of those stories. Study one biography every year. Perhaps we should do that once kids hit third or fourth grade. If you have a biography curriculum, they have one person they choose to follow the biography of and really study the biography for that year. So then they pick one every year from third grade, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way through high school. So by the time they graduate high school, they've had nine, nine stories besides themselves. But I feel like when we were little kids, biographies were so just bullet point, bullet point. Oh, this, this is what this person did to contribute to society. Boom, boom, boom. But we need more nuance in biographies, like when you're an adult and you read longer biographies and it talks about the childhood and the home life and the challenges and the blessing of someone's life and how this person worked with what they were given. I mean, I think that's part of the challenge we have is just assessing what, what we've been giving. Our blank canvas is not truly blank because we're born into a situation. So understanding and assessing what we have and then understanding uh, where we want to go. But it's hard to do that unless you 
unless you study biography. How, you can you couldn't go to a baseball game and try to play strategically if you hadn't watched the game a bunch of times before. So this game of life is like a sport of life. And we're sending people out there into this sport of life with very limited information, if not completely biased information. Because not only are we not really studying biography, really studying the life, but we're also filling it with a lot of fictionalizations of what life is like. You know, talking like the Disney thing is, oh, if you just find a romantic partner, boom, you're you're in your private utopia for the rest of your life. Nothing could be farther from the truth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just keeping it real here. So, but there's also other fictions we have. As long as you get in college, you'll be all set. So we, we, we kind of force feed this narrative without philosophical exploration, without discussion of really what life is about and what's the point of life and what do you want to do with your life and how does going to debt relate to that. Without these discussions, we send people on these narratives. So we have the Disney narratives of romance will solve all your problems and make you utopia. We have the college narratives. Of, oh, if you get into college, oh man, your life is going to be set. You're going to be good. And these aren't necessarily true. So if, if I could offer the weather of the mind approach to biography, it would have to be like, Life is a meandering river. It's beautiful, it's turbid, it's tough, it gets dry, it gets overflowed, it gets overwhelming, it's peaceful, it's hectic. It sounds like a DMX song now. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking a lot about biography. And this, this season we spent time looking at the uh, Up series produced, produced by Granada Films out of England. And the Up series was really wonderful because we, and again, a lot of people didn't listen to the documentary, but I kind of used it as a co-host and I kind of uh, riffed off of it and explored the themes and, and kind of gave you what I've learned from it. So in the Up series, we saw that, that these now 63-year-olds, we saw them at seven and age 14 and age 21 when they were just trying to maybe find some small niche in the world when they were trying to maybe think about their vocation or calling. And then we saw them in their 28 and 35 and 42, and this really showed us the ups and downs of midlife. Births and deaths and loss and victories. And then we went to 56 up. So we kind of, and we start to see these characters now getting into their mid later midlife, perhaps, and or midlife, depending on your perspective. And starting to reflect on their own life and what they consider success and failures. So perhaps another, I'm just in a very brainstorming mode as usual. And just thinking about how we can develop lessons, develop lesson plans for, for students and for students of life. So biography by definition is bio, life graph writing, the writing of life, presenting a life story, and often providing intimate details, which is a really awesome part, I think. Biography reading can be very intimate. You get to learn a lot about someone's life in a way that I don't think you know about anybody's life other than maybe your own. 
So it's a great companion for loneliness or to look at it more positively, it's a great companion for camaraderie. <laughs> um, biographies, all, they will often analyze a subject's personality. So it's kind of looking at their experience and maybe provide some analysis to it. Now this is valuable because it allows us to, if we practice the skill of reading and studying biographies, we'll develop these skills. We'll be able to kind of look at some of the intimate details of our life how they interact, our emotions, with our economics, with our, with our mind and our situation. It, it gives us some of that wisdom. Like we said, wisdom is about stepping back and seeing things from a broader perspective. So if we study biography, we're just, we're just going to have more perspective, more intimate stories of people's lives. And the things I learned from biographies is stuff you could never find otherwise. It's stuff I wouldn't even know to look for. Just random occurrences and often really tough situations that people must overcome. I've come to believe that almost all the biographies I read include some tough chapters. It's almost that these tough chapters either make us or break us. And some people just respond to the challenge. When the overwhelming times come, they're able to find something deep within themselves they're able to find some support around themselves. They're able to get through. And that's the real key point. I want to be talking to fifth and sixth graders and seventh and eighth graders and high schoolers as well. And I guess a lot of ages. I want to be talking about that moment of crisis, which is going to come into their lives. And how do they deal with it? And whose stories do they lean on? I looked at some of the mental health curriculum that they're, they're building for schools now, and it's, it's going to be very sterile, and it's not going to really get the job done. We have to speak in stories. Biographies are real stories. There's so much potential here to build an emotional health curriculum out of biography. So that's kind of the point. I'm, that's kind of the take-home message from this season. But also, like I said, we are at a stage where we all need lifelong emotional health education. I want to go uh, reiterate at one point and take another point further, and that is one of the tre tremendous benefits of biography is the intimacy. It's just hearing about some small local feelings and relationships and situations that often can be very distressing, often like situations we might experience and keep to ourselves. So to be able to read someone else going through that and hopefully overcoming it, provides a lot of solace and, and perhaps insight. But there's also, when you read biographies, it's like traveling because you find yourself often in a different culture 200 years ago, 30 years ago, across the world, in a different country, in a different continent, in a different family setting, in a different cultural context. So it allows us to also develop some understanding of culture. An understanding of culture in that what is universal and what is relative from culture to culture. All right, let's take a 20 second break and we'll be back. Weather of the mind. My life be like.
trying I, I tried to put together some of like some key questions that I would I would frame a study of biography and I could, I'll put these in the notes for the this episode on weatherofthemind.org. Here's just some guiding questions to ponder and and to propose to students or students of life as they explore the landscape of someone's life, as they explore the biography. Number one, who is this person as a child? Oftentimes when we jump into biographies, we know the adult, we know the achievements, we know where they went later in life, but where did this adult come from? What was the setting of their family, of their school, of their neighborhood? What was their seemingly inborn temperament and and what were the factors that were shaping them in their early years and how do they begin to respond to the world around them? If much of who we are is set in motion in our first decade, how do we understand these years? Two, how is the transition from childhood to adulthood? Ah, the great puberty transition which all must cross. A lot of physical changes, a lot of changes to our brains and how we respond to authority. Very defining part of our lives. So how did this transition go from childhood to adulthood? Number three, what are the blessings and challenges, the ebbs and the flows that arrive in this character's life? Is the character driven by goals? What are the goals and how do they change? Three, what are the blessings and challenges that appear in life? How does one respond to these? Because these are the moments that really define character. The moments of especially great challenge, but perhaps also great blessing. How do we we respond? It's like if life is a poker match, something happens in our life, how do we respond to that play? Number four, how is the rudder on the boat of this character? Is the character guided by certain traits? What seems to guide their decisions and their spirit? Is the character driven more by their values or goals they're reaching for? And how do we see these goals and values changing? Five, how is the character supported by friends and family? And how does the character support them in kind? How is the character alone and perhaps very lonely? Does the character have a spiritual life? How does he or she deal with this challenge? of loneliness or lack of support. Six, does the character seem emotionally well? Has it been consistent throughout their lives? How is that, how has that changed? Where do they seem to thrive and where do they seem to struggle? Is there a setting that they seem a strong fit for and one where perhaps they do not? Seven, how does the character accept the whole of their life, including their aging and their death? As they get older and look back, how do they feel? Are they at peace with life, therefore at peace with life and death? Eight, what is their legacy, their epilogue? What would it say or has or does it say on their tombstone? Did they leave anything of note to this world? So that is my early brainstorm for a list of questions to carry with you as you peruse biographies or as you try and bring the study of biography into your classroom. Biography, biography, the life. The life, trying to live a good, simple life. 
seems so simple, but it's a challenge. And the more we know before we have to make big decisions, the better off we'll be. We learn from stories and biographies are these amazing stories that bring us to intimacy, bring us to understanding, can change our lives. I'd like to end with a little bit of levity. I found a new spirit animal. The little guy visited me yesterday. It is a grasshopper in my room and he really is into my green notebook. He was sitting on it for hours under it. It was like on an angle, so there was some room, a little cave for him to hang out in. So I took this little, after being inside for a little while and enjoying looking at this all green little one centimeter character crawling around my desk and occasionally hopping, but mostly crawling, I took him outside to the grasses and he did not want to leave my green notebook. So I don't know if they can see color, maybe it's just a texture thing. So I brought him onto my porch and set him out there and figured he'd jump away and I, I looked out for him later in the evening and he was gone. But just, just a minute ago, in the middle of this podcast, my spirit animal comes jumping, no, once again, crawling into the scene right onto my laptop. So now he's walking all around my screen and he is just a delightfully beautiful creature. One of those little moments of zen where nature says, pay attention to me. Stop paying attention to all that human nonsense. Look at how beautiful nature is. I hope you're staying hydrated, eating well, just trying to uh, keep on living and learning. Keep on living and learning one week at a time. All right. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.